1: Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations, through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome. Good morning, Mother, how are you doing? Good morning.
0: Doing very well.
1: Great. It's a beautiful day
0: in New York. We've enjoyed having you here this whole week.
1: Thank you. It's been delightful to be here. So today you want to talk about Elijah.
0: Yes. um, Back in a couple of days earlier in June, on the 9th, there was a reading uh, from the first book of Kings, chapter 18, verses 41 to 46, that caught my attention. And it's about Elijah praying and the sky gave rain after he prayed and he sent his servant to look up at the sky and he looked seven times and all he, he didn't see anything, not even a, a tiny little cloud. But the seventh time he saw a very tiny little cloud and uh, Elijah knew that that would soon bring the downpour that his prayers were being answered. So this lesson from Kings teaches us to pray and believe confidently that God hears our prayer. I think it's very important uh, that we grasp that that thought you have any thoughts as we begin
1: well it speaks of perseverance for one yes Um, and of course in these days uh, so many people give up so quickly in their prayers they get discouraged so easily you you have to if you're having trouble with perseverance you have to ask for it everything is a gift so say lord i'm having trouble persevering give me the gift of perseverance so i may continue to go on and continue to pray look at saint monica all those years of praying for augustine she didn't give up in fact she followed him as she he went out and started going through italy and she would follow him go city to city praying for his conversion until finally He meets St. Jerome, and Jerome, through his prayers, brings uh, Augustine into the church. So the perseverance is critical.
0: Very critical. Um, We, too, can scan the skies looking for an answer to our prayer. Sometimes I wish God would just write the answer in the sky. It would be so much easier. But we do become discouraged from the waiting, and it's a challenge to persevere in our prayer especially when we don't see any evidence that God is answering those prayers. And from my own experience, I have to say that sometimes the situation actually gets worse. Yes, it gets worse. Uh, And then we really get discouraged. But uh, I I can't even imagine that you would pray one time for something and and give up if that wasn't answered. Uh, Sometimes God answers us right away. But very often the changes we're praying for take time to fully bloom. Um, God is wonderful at putting things in place and and sometimes it takes time to get all all the things lined up to give you that answer you're looking for. So go ahead and pray for healing, pray for that conversion, pray for the solution to a problem and ask God to open your eyes to what he is doing and then be looking for the small sign of hope that God has begun to answer your prayer and he does hear and answer your prayers. So, an example that I, uh, I'll give on this topic is my mother was not able to live alone and take care of herself anymore. It was becoming quite evident. Now, she lived 100 miles away, and she was a very stubborn woman, and she dug in her heels at that point. And it was a very bad situation. And uh, I, I knew that she wasn't going to be able to live alone anymore, and that was what she was fighting for. She wanted to stay living alone. So I just started praying and praying, and she wouldn't let me intervene in any way. And months went by. Uh, The situation actually got much worse, and I just kept praying and asking God to intervene where I couldn't. Actually, when there's nothing else you can do, there is always prayer. Well, eventually her health failed, and she had a complete breakdown. And as she recovered for a month in the hospital, it was then that I was able to bring her to the assisted living home run by the Benedictine sisters from Poland, which was on Long Island and very close to me. And it began the last four years of her life. And it was a time where she began living her Catholic faith, a time where I was able to visit her more often, and a time where this tightly closed rose was able to open and flourish and bloom into a full-blown rose. It was also a time where she began to smile only God can do these things, uh, and it, it just is, you have to wait until it, his, the timing is right. Uh, you remember that, Father Dan, that whole episode? I, I do. That, yeah? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so it took time. It didn't happen right away, but since there's nothing else that you can physically do, you've tried everything, you just have to keep praying actually, you're another case in point when you were away for the church for 20 years. As your mother, it was very hard to watch. And I saw you looking for happiness in all the wrong places. And again, my hands were tied. I had said all I had to say. So I prayed and prayed all through those 20 years. Sometimes things even looked worse. And then one day, you said yes to the trip to Medjugorje. It was a very small thing. With big consequences, it was like the little cloud Elijah saw in the distance, and your other mother was calling. And I believe it was because of the prayers I and others said for you over those twenty years that you were ready to say yes. See, the person has to be ready through our prayers when the when the little the little sign comes. Again, like Saint Monica, uh, those prayers were very powerful.
1: Yeah, so the other thing people don't realize is that it's, there's a lot of timing is everything. And so God waits for the right timing for the, the whole uh, flood of graces to hit the person exactly the moment they, that it will be most effective. And so, you know, we don't understand how this works because we're not God, but he does. So in the case of Augustine, you know, uh, Monica's praying and praying and praying, but it, would, it wouldn't would come together until he meets, uh, I think mm. I said Jerome, it's not Jerome, Jerome was 100 years later, uh, Ambrose, Ambrose, who who would be the one who would be the mentor to Augustine that would really form him into the saint he was made to be. And then once that takes root, and it had to be at that time, that was the, the perfect time for God to do it. Then Augustine is uh, self-sufficient in his understanding of the, the truth and in his belief about Christianity, and then goes f- even further, so becomes a bishop to now teach others. The primary role of the bishop is to teach, and so now he becomes this great teacher, not just to the people of Hippo, but also to the whole world through his writings and his, his the books that he produced. So all it's a, the timing is critical, and so if you're waiting... It means God's building up the framework for this perfect conversion to happen at exactly the time he wants wants it to happen. And so we just have to say, I trust that you know what's best, and I'm just going to continue to pray.
0: Well, this takes a great amount of faith. Uh, In the waiting process, you have to have a lot of faith, especially when you don't see things happening, and especially when you see, see things getting worse. So faith is critical here. And faith is believing without seeing. So, what's many great people.
1: This in the last week I've been here, so I've had probably about a dozen, half dozen people or so come up to me, tell me, but they've watched Father Stew, and how it was such an amazing movie, although very vulgar. Um, that's another example of that man's life. You know, there were people also praying for his conversion. Uh, it happened right at the end, and and then once once he got the grace changed and then he was able to leave a mark on history of his own conversion and uh, now years later even continuing to have an impact on people and their faith so we don't understand how it works but we do know it does work so if you're waiting for something and i don't know anybody today who isn't continue to pray and say to the lord i trust you know what you're doing because you're god and you're going to do it th- the best way possible and that's how i'm going to pray
0: and I think that the more we trust like that and say to God, I trust, I know that you're working on this, uh, the greater the, the answer to the prayer will be because your faith is so strong. Uh, I watched Father Stew myself and uh, I it was so vulgar. It's a shame that they had to put that all in. But it was a, I thought it was wonderful, the conversion process. And, as I'm, and I know that it was going to turn out that way because people had told me. But as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, how is God going to save this person? He's so bad. Uh, he really was such a horrible person before his conversion. But God can do amazing things. Uh, so it, it it really is a, a victory for God, this movie. But back to faith. Uh, of course, my children are my, the things I hold dearest in my heart. And if I would have one thing that I would ask for them, it would be faith because then I would know that they could get through anything. If they have a strong faith, they can weather any storm and I wouldn't worry about them anymore. Um, so such a strong thing, faith to know that God is with you, to know that he hears you and to know that he will answer you. Strong faith. Uh, Isaiah 41, verse 13 says, I am the Lord, your God who grasp your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I will help you. There it is. I will help you. So many of the things I prayed for over the years were not answered right away, uh, especially the big things. I can think of several instances that took months and even years. But the answers were very big. And I wonder if that goes hand in hand. Uh, sometimes the big answers take the longest. In each of the things I'm thinking of, it was though an avalanche of grace occurred one day. And uh, as we spoke of before, all of a sudden, God puts it all together, the moment comes, the person has the grace to say yes to that moment of grace, and then everything changes. So God, in these instances that I have in my own life, arranged the timing and the events that brought about a very big change, a conversion, and everything worked together for good. Uh, Another example is my granddaughter, Nicole, with the anorexia. She battled for five years Anorexia. She was hospitalized at times, sometimes even near death. And many of us prayed continually for those five years of her illness. She was blessed to have uh, both families, both sides of the family, her mother's side and her father's side, who were prayers. And at the end, nine of us agreed to fast on a particular day for her. And shortly after, the Day of Grace came. It was a convergence of events that only God could arrange. And so... So many t- different instances in my life, I can see that clearly. And she was another one. So um, another thing that's very important when you're persevering in prayer is not telling God how to fix it. And a lot of people do that. They, they figure out the answer and they tell God to put his rubber stamp on it of approval. That really doesn't work. We can never imagine how God is going to answer a problem. And uh, it's best not to even try. I've, I've, in my own life, I've discovered that oh, the best thing to do is lay out the problem and give it to him and just let it go. Don't tell him how to fix it. Don't tell him what the person needs. And uh, it's much easier that way. I'm sure you have seen that too, Father.
1: Yeah, and you know, God
0: can do things
1: we can't do. So, like, just this past Easter vigil, you know, the Easter vigil mass goes like two to three hours. It's very long. Uh, it's very tiring for the priest, the celebrant. And you get home, and it's like 10.30, 11 o'clock. And, um, uh, you know, of course, I have an emergency phone for people who are dying. And uh, that rang about, I guess it was about a quarter to 11. And I answer it, and it's somebody dying and they need a priest. Now, you it's hard to find a priest at, on the Easter vigil because the, everybody's working. We're all doing the vigil mass. Everybody's doing it at the same time. It can't start before sundown. So every priest is busy. Because even if you're not the celebrant, everybody in the par- all the priests of the rectory would be at that mass. So I go to the hospital, of course the doors are locked because it's after hours. I have to go into emergency. That took forever. They finally get me up to the person's room. It's got to be an hour later than when the call came in, and um, the people or the kids are around the bed, and I'm just kind of standing there waiting for somebody to, you know, say something to me. And the Lord says, "Anoint him now." So I step in and I say, "I need to anoint your dad. Please step back so I can get in." And I anoint him and I do the uh, absolution of his sins and I do the apostolic parting. And then I said to the man, "You know, it's Easter." This is the day uh, that Jesus rose from the dead, and he, he's waiting for you. You can go now. And as soon as I said the word now, he flatlined. Beep. Well, all the kids look at me horrified, and I said, this is what he was waiting for. The Lord kept him alive to be anointed and pardoned, and now he's free. You know, And all that waiting to get in there and get up through emergency and all that— <laughs> god just said nope we're going to hold on here until the priest gets here and then once you have everything you need then you're going to go home but people in the world they don't believe stuff like that but when you see it when you're in the room you know that's what happened
0: that's a beautiful story yeah, yeah just beautiful yeah so again persevering prayer uh, another thing about persevering prayer is what I've discovered in, my, in all these instances I've just shared with you that the changes were permanent. It wasn't just a, uh, a you know a quick fix and and then back to the way things used to be. All of these different things I've told you about my mother and you and Nicole and other ones that I can think of as well. The changes were permanent. Those prayers were answered for permanently. So <clears throat> Mark Mallet, as some of you know, he's a um, Uh, an evangelist. Uh, He says that praying the rosary is like laying down little stones upon a rough path that leads to the ark. It's your job to lay the pebbles. It's God's job of timing as to how and when your loved ones will find them. I think that's just such a beautiful thought. All of our prayers, all of our rosaries are laying down little stones, a path that leads to the ark. And It's God's timing as how and when your loved ones will find them. And they will find them. They'll find the way to to home. So Jesus taught us to pray. During his three years with the apostles, he often went away by himself to pray to the Father, sometimes spending all night in prayer. And that's the example we're to follow to uh, bring everything to prayer. Jose Maria Escriva, in his book, The Way, says, persevere in prayer. Persevere even when your efforts seem sterile. Prayer is always fruitful. And uh, so there are many times when our prayers seem useless, but prayer is always fruitful. The definition of perseverance is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. To persist in an undertaking in spite of discouragement. So that's what we're called to. In lamentations. Yeah, years ago
1: I was at. Uh, hold on a sec. Years ago, uh-huh. when I was, I was at a healing mass. A mass with a priest who had a gift for healing, charism for healing, and um, this woman brought her friend to the healing mass, and I was kind of standing near the priest, and um, when the woman got up to the priest, and he said, "What would you like me to pray for?" And her friend said, "So she could quit smoking." But it was very interesting. It was her friend that said it, not her. So the priest looked at the woman and said, is that what you want? And the lady said, I don't want to quit smoking. And the priest said, OK, then I'm going to pray for you to have the desire to quit smoking. So that's what he prayed for. It was he was very smart. It, this priest was wise beyond his years. And so he prayed, Lord, we, we ask you you give this woman the desire to quit smoking so she could be set free of this. Uh, And I remember thinking, that's interesting, because he didn't actually pray for her to stop smoking. Well, about less than a week later, she called the church to let everybody know that she had no longer the desire to smoke, and she quit.
0: Yeah.
1: Isn't that? It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be aware of how to pray.
0: Yes. Yes. Yes, otherwise, you're walking up the wrong tree. (laughs) Yeah. That's, That's a good one.
1: So you were going to say something about Lamentations.
0: <clears throat> lamentations, uh, chapter 3, verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So the, we can never exhaust the Lord with our praying. And Luke 1, chapter, uh, verse 37 says, For nothing will be impossible with God. So, in especially in difficult situations, our prayer must be consistent, persevering, and filled with faith. And, uh, if you, you know, once you start praying this way, and God answers some of your prayers, it makes it easier. Because you can think back to the times when he has helped you in very difficult situations. And it gives you the, the gift of perseverance, yeah, that's that's pretty much
1: the central focus of the jewish faith is they always are looking backwards at, at what god did for them I mean, it's sad that they missed the boat on the messiah but that that's really a strong aspect of their faith as they always go back you know the passover event this is the god that rescued us from slavery and bondage took us out of egypt into the promised land and we can go further and say we have a god who walked on water who multiplied food who rose from the dead, who cured the sick, he drove out demons, he raised people from the dead. He did all this with no effort at all. Uh, So how hard is it for this God to answer my little prayer? It's not hard at all. So And we know he loves you and he loves the people you're praying for. So stop worrying. Too many people give in to fear way too quickly. And that, when you do that, what you're saying to God is, I don't think you can handle this. And that's why I'm going to worry. So like there's a natural worry that comes in with problems, but then stop it. Say, I'm not going to give into this fear. I'm going to say, Lord, you can fix this. And I'm of your fingers. It's over. So if it doesn't happen today, it means you have a bigger plan, a greater conversion, a bigger, you know, life story to tell down the road for this loved one that I'm praying for.
0: Yes, that's a good point. Um, Fear is, is a big factor in when we're worried about somebody. As soon as you start to worry about somebody, the fear comes in. And it's important to recognize it uh, and and stop wallowing in the fear. As soon as you recognize it, you can uh, rebuke it and command it to leave. You have the authority to do that for yourself. And, yeah. but people don't people don't even realize that fear has come in. <clears throat> but that that is a a common thing once we are worried about somebody. And yes, what you just said, God loves me and he loves the person I'm praying for. So what's to worry about? And like the Jewish people, they look back and we look back to see the times God has answered our prayer before. But we look, we do the looking back so that we have the hope in the future for that, whatever we're praying for. So it's a looking back to have hope for the future. So, um, in just closing, uh, There's a book called In Conversation with God that is for every day. And it says this. One day, our Lord will show us the consequences of having prayed devoutly the Holy Rosary, disasters that were avoided by Our Lady's special intercession, assistance to loved ones, conversions, ordinary and extraordinary graces for ourselves and others, and the many people who benefited from this prayer and whom we didn't even know. So pray continually and never lose hope. God has, God has wonderful plans for your future. Yeah, Mother
1: Teresa, uh, God lover, you know, she had so many setbacks throughout her life, because uh, she was living in a, in a hostile country to, towards Christianity. India is not very hospitable to Christianity, particularly back when she started out there, and she was building all these convents. You know, and constantly the government was, they'd find a loophole. And they the day of the ribbon cutting on opening a new convent, um, bulldozers would come and just break down the walls. And they would say, you did file the right paperwork, so this is not valid, so we have to tear it down. And she would, uh, the sisters would get so upset, and she would look at them and go, God's will, this isn't our convent, it's his. If he wants it, he'll rebuild it. And she'd <laughs> walk away. Like, that was an amazing amount of uh, total trust in what God's doing. And she never got rattled. You know when she'd get rattled? When people would tell her they weren't praying. That's when she would get upset. <laughs> but if, if it was just the government wrecking her, one of her convents, she'd say, oh, big deal. Maybe God wants to build a bigger one, so we'll start over. But she really had such a great resignation to whatever is happening. She's living mm-hmm. God's will. And she knew... That she was fine because she didn't do anything wrong. This was the government that was just being a menace. And really, it's Satan behind it. So, and that would be even more pleasing to God with her reaction of not getting upset. Mm -hmm. Because that's her way of letting God know, I trust you. Even when things look like not going so well, it's fine. We're okay. Not worried about it. Yes. (laughs) And I
0: just want to say, as Catholics, we, we have such a treasury of prayers in the church. We have the rosary, we have the divine mercy chaplet, we have novenas, litanies, we have the saints to call upon. We can add fasting to our prayers, it puts power in it. We can ask other people to join our prayers for someone. And we can do the little penances throughout the day. So we have uh, so much, we have uh, such a treasury of things.
1: Yeah, future full of hope. All right, that's about it for today. Thank you, Mom. You're welcome. May the blessing of Almighty God come down upon you all and remain with you forever. And I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. This is Father Dan signing out.